we have another interview in the books. Uh, this one's a little bit different. We talked to Liv Cowell from Rodeo Magazine. Um, absolutely delightful conversation. I enjoyed it very thoroughly. And it's always fun. I mean, for me, I'll speak for me. It's always really awesome to speak with someone who's in kind of the same field as you and Mm -hmm. works on that journalism side. Because I feel like we have a really cool insight and perspectives of how we approach uh, music journalism. Um, but yeah, we are talking to Liv Cowell from Rodeo Magazine. They are out of the UK. Um, so shout out to our UK listeners. Um, this one is for you. Go pick up a copy of their magazine at one of your local stores. Um, hopefully us in the States will be able to do the same. But let's go ahead and take it away. I'm Beth Ann. And I'm Leah. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haul you. Let me turn down the thermostat. Who is this man? We're on page one, guys. This is She Will Rock You. So we are with Liv Cowell from The Rodeo Magazine. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing very well here at 7 a.m. in the States. <laughs> <laughs> but we're happy to have you um so let's talk about your career up to this point because i read your biography um you didn't really start music journalism till college is that correct yeah that's right so um when i went to university i studied in newcastle university but i'm from glasgow as you probably can hear um i went and did geography and french which was um the only combination I think that worked for me because I was very indecisive and I didn't have any clue what I wanted to do. So it wasn't until I got to uni and I started the student radio that was up and running in the union that I kind of got into that society and found that I really, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Like it Mm -hmm. was, it just began as something to do and something to try and, you know, obviously college and uni, it's where you throw yourself in the ring and try different things and meet people and think, yeah. oh, this doesn't work or this does work or whatever. But this really stuck and I met some amazing friends and I was always a really big music fan anyway. But then what that allowed, what I, what that allowed for was a platform to like talk about it and no one was going to go like, that's enough. Like we don't, we don't mm. really care. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and I met some really like-minded people. So that I think in my first year of uni, it, it kind of was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. This is cool. And then in second year, I uh, I became the head of marketing for the student union, uh, for, sorry, for the student radio and was like, no, this is what I want to do. This is lovely. I really enjoy this. And then when I got the chance to study abroad in my third year, because obviously I was doing French, um, I got the chance to actually work in radio. So that was a real testing point of, is this just a hobby? Is this something that I enjoy on the side? Or is this something I would get up at the crack of dawn to go and do every day? Um, and it was. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was fairly, it was fairly late. I was about 18, 19 when I first kind of fell in love with it, but um, it's it caught the bug very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think college is a very good testing point because, you know, mm-hmm. you often, I feel like the story is you go in for one thing and then you discover another thing and you're like, oh, maybe Absolutely. this is the path. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I found it, I was like, oh my gosh, should I have should I have done journalism? Should I have done media? Like, is that what I should have, you know, studied instead? But I don't think I would have enjoyed it. I think the courses that were, you know, available in that kind of area 
we're much more news focused or much more mm-hmm. broadcasty and I don't sounds bad I don't really care about the news like I don't oh, I get it. it's 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 good to know and it's good to have on obviously I like to stay up to date with what's going on but I've got no real desire to go out and report on it or to be the one that's researching yeah. it that's uh, mm-hmm. there are you know a thousand other people that are much more interested and qualified that should be doing that so um it was definitely the right choice but you're right I think when you start off something that's from a very privileged point of view of being able to go off and study something because you enjoy it and it turns into something that you really love and are passionate about so yeah I was lucky very lucky yeah absolutely well journalism I feel like you are correct it, it, it definitely goes more news focused and music journalism mm-hmm. as long as you have a background and understanding music or loving it you often can just like I feel like for us we've really built a path because of our passion off of music mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. in marketing that's how we got into this world of journalism Totally. I think a lot of people are the same way as well. It's that passion that kind of drives people to find it themselves as well, because there's no one straight route into it either. I think there are so many different areas, you know, there's print journalism, mm-hmm. there's broadcasting, there's podcasting now, there's blogging. There are so many ways that people can kind of almost stumble into it and be like, oh, this is cool. I like this. And then yeah. once they catch that bug, they're like, well, how can I do this? How can I get paid to do this? How can I do this every yeah. day? Um, so I think that drive is what makes people go out and find it themselves. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. And also speaking of like multiple medias, you know, I'm curious on your take, like on music journalism being involved in multiple multiple medias. Mm. Do you think it changes your style of journalism research? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's very different when I'm preparing for like a written article compared to when I'm preparing for a podcast interview and then even then compared to when I'm researching for like a live interview on radio I think that what I look for is very different so with an article that I'm writing I find that I can be a little bit more niche with it and I can spend a lot more time researching because whatever I record isn't going to be necessarily the audio that sticks and has gone out and published Mm -hmm. so I can you know, you can go off on those tangent chats and live radio and, and podcasting. You can still have that in written interviews, but you kind of almost have to have more of a Q&A approach to it just to get the actual content that you know you're going to need. And then whatever comes off the back of that is a bonus. So I think, and then in the research stage, it's probably slightly different, but then what's even more different, I think, is the the final result. So the way I write is very different to the way that I present and the way that I would you know, speak with an artist on a podcast or live radio. I think that it's, it's very interesting because of course that would be the case because you're writing and you're not just speaking. And obviously the way that people speak is naturally different to how somebody would write something up. But I find that I'm much more articulate when I'm writing and when I'm, you know, because I think that's because what I like to read versus what I like to hear. So Mm. when I like to read an article, I like it to be a little bit more prose based and a little bit more, you know, interesting literary, literally, if that makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, wordy. Mm-hmm. Clearly it's coming across well. Um, but then when I like to listen to an, an audio interview, I like it to be more conversational. So I think that I'm far more relaxed when I'm doing that as well. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I think a lot of people would probably find that as well. Yeah. I think whatever we're doing our main episodes, it's a very different research process than what we're doing mm. in our interviews for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I think that you kind of want, it depends on the the person you're interviewing as well, because if you know that they are naturally quite chatty, you can almost take the foot off the pedal and be like, well, mm-hmm. I know that if I have the main kind of areas that I want to address, 
then that's great. I know that we're going to have a good time, a good conversation. And the best content I find comes when it's just more conversational. Absolutely. Rather than like a bit of a Q&A was like, do you find this? Yes, I do. Blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't flow very nicely. So when you mm-hmm. listen back to it, it's kind of harder to, to you know, make that into anything that's consumable nicely. Um, so I think that it's much more natural to just have a basis and then let the other one. Obviously, that doesn't always happen because you can get into there. Mm-hmm. And they can be chatting. I'm sure you've had this before where you've been speaking to an artist or a, somebody involved in, in the music industry and they are not very outgoing, just naturally maybe yes. a little bit more introverted or they um, maybe have had a bit of a joint before they come in. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting there being like, okay, so this is the heavy lifting on my part, which is, you know, also fun because you think, I want to think on the moment, I'm going to try. Sometimes right. you get nothing back. And, you yeah. know, then it, then it becomes interesting when you're doing the write-up or the editing because you're thinking, how can I pull this together so they have no idea that that's what I Right, <laughs> right. No, we've had times where we've had some artists on the podcast and you know, it's nothing on them whatsoever. It's just, you know, their personality. And it's our jobs as, you know, the media outlet to be, you know, so tell me about this. And they're like, yep. And you're like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, what do you do? (laughs) I think it also uh depends if they've had training or not, like media training. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we interviewed like Juliette Valle. She was a pageant contestant and you could tell she had so much media training. she gave the best answers we've ever had on this show oh. we're like i wish everyone was like you guys when we interview you <laughs> 100%. Um, i think it depends on like how far into their career they are as well so sometimes mm-hmm. if so with the rodeo for example we speak with a lot of like emerging artists they don't have necessarily a lot of media experience but they maybe don't have an awful lot under the belt to talk about anyway so if they're just off the back of a new tour maybe they're like really excited to talk about it and like yeah we've got all this stuff that we want to tell you and we've got so much material coming up we're so excited and stuff and other times you speak with them and they are so they're so clueless about what to say and what to expect mm-hmm. that when you say like oh my god what are you looking forward to they go I don't really know, um, <laughs> don't really know really. <laughs> and you're sitting there going what do you want to have a guess because this is entirely your Just, time I'm not gonna there's no right or wrong answer here but I think it can go either way. They can either be really excited at the chance to talk about it or they're a little yeah. bit like clamming up, like I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah. 50-50 chance. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I always try to like make sure people feel comfortable around us. Yeah. You know, I will at some point make a fool of myself. So that will you oh, know, yeah. relieve, relieve the tension a little <laughs> bit. Luckily, it comes organically for me. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know. It's it's always it's always interesting just trying to help artists because that's that's what we're here for at the end of the Absolutely, day. Yeah. With Rodeo and Shiwa Rocky. We're here to help those up and coming artists for us. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I know you also just to kind of touch on your career before we go over to Rodeo magazine. Um, and I hope I'm saying this right. Is it EU radio or is it Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. So it's okay. um it's EU radio, but then if it's in French, it'd be like E Radio. So like, okay. like Europe U Radio, but it doesn't really work in English because yeah i didn't want to butcher it (laughs) no it's okay (laughs) everyone does but i'm sure you know that name means a lot to our european audience um what was your favorite part of working there because it seems like a really cool media outlet when i was researching it oh my god it was just the best experience so that was when i was abroad in france for my like year abroad for my um license that's not right the my undergrad degree 
Um, and the, basically, I had six months in Paris, which wasn't really my kind of thing. I think obviously it was an amazing place to be, but I wasn't really enjoying the job I was doing. And then when I had my second placement, it was in a beautiful city called Nantes, um, which is on the west coast of France. And it was just the best experience because that's what really solidified that this is exactly where I want to be. This is the kind of industry that I'm interested in and kind of good at. And I think I really could make a go of this. I could think I could go away and do it. So I was um, hired as an intern. Well, they say it was an intern. But it was I was a, I was a journalist basically. I was a music and culture journalist for um, EU Radio, which is a European radio station. And they're based in France, but they broadcast to. I think they've moved to Brussels now as well. They, look, they were kind of an expansion section mm. when I was there. So it was really exciting to see. But uh, my job was really to focus on all the European artists. So we had some really cool people coming in, some like bonkers music, some really out there niche Slovenian rock and some wow, <laughs> nice. French grunge and like none of it made sense. I once saw, so as part of that, I got sent to a lot of gigs to go and like cover them and interview them behind, you know, backstage and stuff, which was amazing. Um, and there was this Romanian like art punk band called um, Karparov, not Kasparov. And they, it was like, kind of like house music with punk and rock. It was nuts, absolutely nuts. And when I was watching them on stage, I was there with my colleague and we were both watching it like, so when they described this in the interviews, they said it was almost like they were going to play a game of chess on, on stage as some kind of an entertainment thing. And when we got there, we were like, I don't understand how that is like it was just the two of them with their synths and their like drums and stuff and the music was wacky but kind of fun and then there were these two like beautiful models dressed one was dressed in white one was dressed in black and they would walk around the stage and then they would pose and then they would walk around the stage and then they would pose and I was like are they playing chess is that what they're doing I don't know what this means and it was just like so much cool stuff like that. And then you had the really cool punk and like pop bands that were coming in and out. And basically I was like a full journalist. I was researching them and I was presenting on air um, and it was in English. But then in my last month, I did a lot of stuff in French as well, which was pretty mental because I was like, you do not understand that I am just learning this. Like I, <laughs> I am... I am 19 years old. Like I have peaked. This is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just amazing. And I and I had so many wonderful memories and met some really encouraging people, some people that really supported me and kind of confirmed that not only do I want to do this, but I really could do this if I really, you know, got my head down and, and worked and met the right people. Um, so I'm really thankful for them. I think I owe them a lot for, you know, just that encouragement, you know, yeah. and that platform to explore it as well and it be a safe space to to try things and to broadcast and find my style and get better at interviewing and have these amazing trips and just just explore I think yeah it was great yeah I loved it really loved it absolutely yeah that sounds like a blast and now <laughs> now one of your outlets is the rodeo magazine and yeah I have to say as someone from the states I found this sentence I have to read from their bio <laughs> The rodeo identity is inspired by American country music and the diner aesthetic. And I just have to say, I did not realize that that was the vibe we were putting out to the rest of the world. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes sense. So I should have thought about this before I came on here. So basically it it was the diner aesthetic for me. I'm just like, that is a new one. But I guess, you know, it makes sense. No, I'm thinking about it. we it's a big country it's a big old country so we know that that's just like one teeny teeny tiny part of your culture that we're like that's quite cool we'll take that so it's um 
it's by no means we're like we think this is the whole of the states no, we no, think no. we all live You're in good. diners and you know i know i'm far far away in a little city of glasgow but we know that it's just there's just one part that i think our chief editor johnny is really enamored with and he really likes that kind of aesthetic and that rock and roll scene and stuff and it's you know quite stereotypical of that country vibe and yeah. we exaggerate that so I yes by no means i wouldn't go out there and be like this is not the america that we <laughs> thought it was <laughs> look us as americans we're just like yeah our country is goofy as hell let's just be honest yeah. so like yeah. i enjoy any like form of like how people view it is actually very entertaining to me and yeah, there's a lot of I tiktoks bet. i get too of like people from like germany and uh uk and things like that and scotland uh-huh. are like this is what we think of america and i'm like huh you're probably not wrong. <laughs> You're not really wrong. Then I think that happens with any country. So like, have you guys ever been to Scotland? No. Uh, no, but it is on my list to go there sometime. So we don't all walk around in bagpipes and kilts. Like we're, uh, but like, you know, is that what we man. put out there as well? I know. I know. I, then again, I think a lot of the stereotypes are probably true. We do drink a lot. There are a lot of mm. deep frying Mars bars going on. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of give and take. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and I was gonna buy my ticket next year just to see bagpipes and kilts. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, we can absolutely make that happen for you. They are much more <laughs> apparent than you would think. Like if I went into town just now, there would be a piper in the street, and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> that's cute. At well, least I mean, one. If you go to Texas, you will see a lot of cowboys and trucks. And then if you go to New York City, there's only gonna be one cowboy, and that's naked cowboy. So yes. Oh well, I mean, it's still a cowboy. So it's I mean, still a cowboy. <laughs> You know what? I'm an optimist. I look, you know, glass half full kind of girl. So yeah, he's been there for 20 years. He's been there since I was a oh kid. My and God. last time the I checked, he's still the same cowboy. Is within that guy to be like, do you know what? I'm going to project this onto the world because they deserve to see me <laughs> as a naked cowboy. I, just, I aspire to have that level of confidence, dude. It's it's a wild it's a wild world. Truly, it's a wild west. It's a wild west. It is. It really is. Has um, it been the same guy for 20 years though? I don't know the answer to that. Like, I really hope not. The sounds of things. I hope Cause, not. Because like Blue Man Group, I just found out they change out the people. And I was like, oh, that makes <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck do they have so many? <laughs> and I was like, oh. that That's why. They change them out. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway. See, I told you. Fool of myself. It comes organically. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, um, so what attracted you to the rodeo outlet but besides, you know, giddy up and yeehaw? Well, no, that's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we can stop there. <laughs> oh, we're good. Inter- interview over. Um, so Johnny and I met at university and um, he is the, you know, the instigator behind the whole project. So in my third year, so I was actually in France at the time, he, um, he messaged me and just said that he was starting this magazine and he'd like me to write a little excerpt for it would I be up for it and I was like yeah why not like let's let's give this a go and it's just propelled from there and I just it's such a passion project I think that the the great thing about being involved in it and having moved up so I started just off as a writer and then I moved up to the online editor and then now I'm like the interview editor for the print magazine and then actually recently I've been moved up into kind of the one of the core four that make all the kind of yeah, thank you. All the kind of distribution decisions, which is why I'm here. So yeah, there's um it's really exciting and I'm really chuffed to be to be on the team now because um Johnny's our editor in chief and he's just got such ambition for this project. And equally our deputy editor Nick is just 
so clever with all the business side of things um and Seb is our uh, creative director who just makes it look so professional and so mm-hmm. different and unique it's just I don't know if you've seen a you must have seen a copy of the the digital magazine we send that yeah. to you I it's mean it's just incredible inside I love it's it it's just beautiful and there's just no limit to the kind of freedom that we've got as well because it's just us it's just us that makes it um and we have this amazing team of voluntary writers behind us and some really cool photographers as well and it's just grown into this really beautiful little community that I'm incredibly proud of I think it's just I just feel very privileged to be part of something that I really believe in because I don't think everybody gets to experience that as Mm. well like I think that it's it's grown into something that's really really good I think that we speak with some incredible people some artists and different industry professionals and equally we write these ridiculous like feature pieces that make no sense but (laughs) but we can do that because it's ours and I think that that's what attracted me was the the idea and the the excitement behind starting something new and what's kept me there is seeing it grow and be part of that passion that kind of yeah is making it go I mean we just stocked some stuff in Taiwan like it's just nuts we're doing we're doing some really cool things and it's only going to get better and I think I I'm just really that. excited to see that yeah yeah well I do hope you get stocked here in the states at like Barnes and Noble because I mean <laughs> I was looking at it I'm like I actually want to hold this magazine because it's like it, and it's just more of a marketing nerd thing for me because I'm like that paper mm. must be so great it's so beautifully thick it's just she's thick with two c's my friends she is beautiful (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um we do ship to the states we so we ship worldwide so we can absolutely you know send that out to you and we we are looking at getting we do have some stockists and i'm not sure if there's one in the states yet there must be something in the pipeline if it's not already happened so i'll absolutely you know look into that you can find all that on our website you can see like who stocks us and and where so if we're not there already let's hope that we will be but we can in the meantime we can ship internationally so get on that website yeah I'm gonna have to look into that (laughs) um so transitioning over to like new music since that is what you all do yeah what new music is getting you excited right now and where and I mean this also could lead into where do you see music going in the next decade that's a really huge and interesting question I think that what's exciting us at the minute is the alternative scene in the UK especially so cities like Manchester and Leeds are producing some really cool like mm-hmm. bonkers bands with punk and post-punk and you know it's kind of hard to label them because they're doing such different things um so we had this amazing band called Yard Act on the cover of our most recent magazine um we had a dual cover with them and Sunflower Bean from the States which is really cool um and they do this really cool kind of punk rock sound that's just very almost like spoken word and that's something that I think we're all quite interested in and then but their their debut album The Overloads was like the top two for the charts it just mm. completely propelled and um there's a band that I really love at the minute called Wet Leg and they are just They're really good two- thank you oh, I'm so glad that you know them they are really really cool they've got their debut coming out on like the 8th of April mm-hmm. um and I'm so excited to hear that I think they're one of my favorites at the minute and they've again I'm hearing them on like radio one and stuff like that so I think that what I'm hearing I listen to a lot of radio which doesn't probably doesn't come as a surprise but um what I'm hearing on the radio is starting to match what we're interested in a little bit more so I'm seeing yeah. these really cool if I just focus on radio one I'm seeing these really cool shows pop up about like future sounds and future artists and then 
future dance, future punk, like they're kind of specialising a little bit more into the different subcultures and genres that are like doing really well at the minute. And I think with things like social media, those kind of subcultures of music within cities like Manchester, cities like Glasgow as well, like they're becoming much more, there's much more of a platform for them to do well and to kind of reach new audiences and stuff. And I think that popularity with music is so varied there are always there's always going to be some kind of audience for whatever you're making no matter how wacky it might sound but what I'm seeing I think is a lot more projection of that so I'm seeing a lot more people back it and do well and it's not just this you know fun dance pop stuff that you're hearing on like big stations anymore but I think that what I hope to see is those subcultures doing really well and then but the risk you take with that, I suppose, is that when it becomes less of a small subculture and it becomes bigger, does that affect it? Does that affect the communities around it and the sounds ultimately? Would it become more kind of mainstream or I hope not. So um, yeah. I don't know if I answered that question. No, but... <laughs> you, did. you actually did. You know, it's interesting while you're talking, because right now in the States, we're seeing a pop punk revival happening cool. on okay. our radio stations but you were talking more in this like indie punk scene which gets me very excited because you know mm. a lot of punk was birthed in UK and yeah. you know the 70s and 80s and so Absolutely. that really excites me because I think one of my favorite time periods is of the clash and the sex pistols and all that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that first resurgence in Camden and um so I am very excited to see the bands that are kind of following in those footsteps, so to speak, but making it their own. This is the thing. So they're, they're taking that inspiration from these huge, you know, periods from like the 80s and the 90s. And the punk in the UK has always been huge. You know, no matter if it was mainstream or not, it's always been huge. And what we're seeing now is this kind of really alternative nuts side of it. So these bands are finding artists that they love whether that's ones that they've grown up with or are seeing around them like the kind of peers in the scene and thinking oh my god they're doing this really cool with like this cool thing with like reversing guitars and stuff or Mm. my god they sampled this guy could we do something similar and they're kind of bouncing off each other and those little communities are really thriving at the minute and I think that that's gonna it's just creating some really cool different stuff and it's not going to be for everyone it's not going to be something that hits the mainstream all the time but I think that Mm. we're seeing snippets of it and if that just encourages somebody to go and think oh they were quite cool I'll go and see and go back in their back catalogue and Spotify and see if there's anything else they might not find anything they like but equally I, I just I'm just liking how it's going yeah I'm just enjoying to see it yeah it almost sounds like it's kind of an either a new take on punk or a new evolution like the next step that it I would think it's going yeah I think it's always evolving and I, th- I don't think there's one direction that's evolving into as well it's almost like it's branching out so I think that what we're seeing is that people taking stuff like I said that they really at the core really like so whether that's the kind of creativity or the rebellious outlet or just something different that they there's no rules in punk um and so what they can do is take that and either say something have a real message behind it or just go this doesn't make any sense but we like how it sounds so let's just put that out there and see what happens um I always like it when I can hear a message behind it as well Mm -hmm. so we um on the day of recording today is the 2nd of april and there's this really cool festival called fair play fest happening in manchester and we've done a lot of coverage with some of the artists playing there and again it's a lot of kind of punk and rock and really different alternative sounds and some of them are really using that message and um, that platform as a you know place to message something and there's a, a trio called big Joni who are very much creating a space for punks of color and they use their music to kind of create a community around that and that's then awesome 
there's bands like Regressive Left, which are kind of punky, but also quite dancey. And they use that to be more political in music. And it's like each of them has something really different to say. And some of them are just like, you know, <laughs> this band called um, called Yang, which is Y-A-A-N-G. Um, they told Nick all about their recent single, White Sox Yellow, which is just about this guy that walks home from a night out and pisses himself. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's just this whole no, area of... That's the ethos of punk. <laughs> that is the ethos. It's that freedom to write about what you want. And honestly, as a former bartender, I think we need more songs documenting drunken publics. I think that yes. would be an album I would very much be on board with. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Well, we do have some lightning round questions that Leah is going to go through. But before mm. we do that, where can people find you? You can find the Rodeo Mag online we have our website therodeomag.com and then on also on our socials our socials you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at the rodeo mag um and we have just launched a podcast as well so you can find some like more organic interviews stuff there so there's something for everyone definitely whether that's just to read our online stuff which is completely free or you can buy our magazine and see that thick with two C's paper like we talked about and, um, <laughs> yeah we're, we're pretty much everywhere and um, myself I'm Liv Cowell C-O-W-L-E and I'm on Twitter as well so awesome all right and in the spirit of all of us having just woken up <laughs> what is the first thing you do when you wake up um I think it very much depends on what I've got that day if I'm waking up and I have 20 minutes to get ready for work I will have a quick shower I'll stick the radio on, I'll have a wee dance, make a cup of tea, and I'll sit down. And if I've got more time, I'll stay in my jammies, uh, I'll make a cup of tea. And um, either sit down and watch some telly or just listen listen to the radio. I like to listen to music in the morning. I think that that really starts my day off well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. What song is currently on repeat for you? It's got to be um, Wet Leg, Wet Dream or Angelica. I'm really, really enjoying both of those songs at the minute. Um, And then one of my absolute favorite songs that I have on repeat all the time is um, Brainstorm, Loving Is Really My Game. It's just the happiest song ever written. Arguably the best song ever written. But I think it's just, (laughs) it's very disco and I really love that kind of sound. And it's just, it's one I always stick on when I need to get my energy up or feel a bit happy. So not punk at all, but um, very upbeat. Love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that to check that out. After yeah, this. you're welcome. You're welcome in advance. <laughs> um, so I've been to two different trivia nights this week. So this this is a topic on top of my brain. Mm-hmm. If you were to host a trivia night, what would the topic be? Ooh, is this like one niche topic or one like overarching topic? Whatever you want to be. I've been to a Harry Potter trivia, but also to a Taylor Swift trivia this week. So. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that I probably would like to do a music trivia one just because it's very on brand mm-hmm. um equally I think something like maybe a Harry Potter one or maybe like a a Mamma Mia one mm, is always yes. a good one I think people really love those films I think they're quite good fun you want something that people can get get behind and have a good time with so you don't want something too serious yeah um so maybe like a something niche like the I don't know, some Richard Curtis films like Love Actually or, Mm. you know, Notting Hill. Something like not everyone's going to love, but everyone's going to have a good time at. I would show up for Mamma Mia trivia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there. 100%. Uh, And then the last question is the question we ask everyone on the show. 
if you were a cereal, what would you be and why? Mm. That's a good question. That's a hard question. What would I be? So we have very different cereals over here in the UK because you guys That's have really fun, fun ones. You have really fun ones. So I love a brand. We have, we have very uh, not good ones for you. <laughs> We have sugar bombs I, where we just throw dyes in and we're like, can a human the human body? <laughs> ah, we'll figure it I'm, out. I'm I'm gonna go with a cr- a crunchy nut cornflake. Do you okay. do you have those over here? So I no, think it that, sounds delicious. Oh my god! So they're like cornflakes, but they've got this like honeyed, peanutty kind of coating on them. So I mm. think that at the core, quite traditional, but then externally a bit nuts, mm. kind of sweet, and um, good fun. Love it. That's what I'll go with. There you go. Good choice. Well, Liv, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. So if you ever need me to come back anytime, guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shioraku.com. There you can find links to our socials, the show notes, and you can reach out to us and contact us. And remember, don't do drugs. <laughs>